That was a story, a short story of monkeys attempting to fast um, and to not eat the bananas. Now, who in here has um, heard fasting? Like, what, what does it mean to fast from something? Who, who in here, raise your hand if you've heard fasting before, that, that word fasting. Yeah, some of you. Yeah, a good, a good portion of you. What does that mean? Does anybody know what that means? Jack. Not eating, that's part of it. Yeah, Daniel. Okay, so go, so. Yep, yep, so certain times not eating. You got one? Not doing something for a certain amount of time. I think that is a great definition. Let, let's go. Um, you, you had one? What? That is about spot on to what I found in the definition as well. Definition is spiritual fasting uh, entails setting aside activities as well as reducing or potentially also reducing the intake of food and replacing these activities with the exercise of prayer and preoccupation with spiritual concerns. That's from the Tyndale Bible Dictionary. So basically what, what is happening when we fast is that we're saying no to something in order to say yes to something else. We're saying no to food or maybe other kinds of activities like a video game or social media. We might say no to certain things for a period of time, whether it's one day, three days, maybe it's a week. But however long you determine that thing that you're not doing, during that time you're also saying yes to something else. And so to be a, have a biblical fast, you're saying yes to prayer. You're saying yes to scripture reading, spending time with God. We're saying no to self. We're saying yes to using that time to be with God. So this evening, we're going to go over this topic of fasting as it relates to a spiritual discipline that what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. And in doing so, we're going to cover three points. So I just need your attention for three quick points. Point number one, what is biblical fasting? Point number two, why is fasting important? And point number three, what are some practical t steps or tips for fasting? Point number one, what is biblical fasting? Now, fasting uh, is mentioned both in the Old Testament of the Bible and in the New Testament of the Bible. In the Old Testament, we see people fasting as an outward way of showing an inward repentance of their sin. We see this in Joel 2, 12 through 14. So follow with me um, on the screen if you don't have your Bible. It says, even this, even now, this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him so you can offer a grain offering, a drink offering to Lord your God. So what Joel is saying here is basically there was going to be destruction that was going to be happening, that he was saying that was going to happen because of the sin of the people. And he says, in your repentance, fast. That was part of the call that he was making to the Israelites in the Old Testament. We also see um, in the New Testament people fasting in similar Ways In Acts 13, 1 through 3, it says, Now in the church of Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manning, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, this is key. As they were worshiping the Lord and, and 
fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, they prayed, and they laid hands on them, and they sent them off. And then and later on in Acts, Acts 14, verses 21 through 24, we see this kind of model again show up. It says this, after they preached the gospel in that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging, encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them that it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. This is key. When they appointed elders for them in every church, they prayed with fasting. They committed them to the Lord and whom they believed. They passed through Poseida and came to Pamphylia. So in both of these passages, the early church is fasting because there is a major decision that they have to make, that they are uh, also appointing leaders in uh, positions, in leadership positions. So what, what can we take from Old Testament and New Testament passages? We see three things that fasting relates to. One, relates to the repenting of sin. We see that fasting relates to seeking God's direction for your life. And three, fasting relates to as a way to grow in our faith, which means to grow more dependent on God, trusting in Him. Now, fasting is much more than just an outward action, something that I do outside of my body. Fasting includes my heart attitude, something inside of me. Jesus has this to say about fasting in Matthew's gospel account. So Matthew 6, 16 through 18, this is the last passage that I'll be reading. Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to who, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, what we see here from Jesus is this. We see that there were some people that were fasting... They were withholding food. They were withholding a certain activity for a period of time in order to look more spiritual. Instead of fasting to grow relationally with, with God, there were people who fasted to make themselves look better than the other people around them. And this is why Jesus calls them hypocrites. They've taken an action that is meant to glorify God and they've taken it to glorify themselves. So to recap very quickly, what I just said briefly is biblical fasting is when you say no to food, a certain type of food or activity, because you're repenting of sin, you're seeking God's direction for your life, or you desire to grow in your faith or dependence on God. And we also just read that biblical fasting wins, happens when you have a humble heart, when it's not about you but it's about growing closer to God. So with that crash course kind of statement, quick five-minute talk on, on what biblical fasting is, let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's ask why is fasting important? I think we have a good idea of what fasting is and that there's biblical grounds for fasting, but why is fasting important? This is the, the million-dollar question. Well, my answer to why is fasting important is to start off with this. Our main purpose on earth as humans is for two things to happen in our lives, to glorify God 
and to enjoy him forever. If you ever want to know what your purpose on life is, it is this statement right here. You have two things to do in your life, throughout your life. If you want to know what your purpose is on earth, why God created you is to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. To glorify him and to enjoy him forever. I want you to remember this. Why, why were humans created? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Avery, why were humans created? Yeah. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Now, we can glorify God and enjoy him for, uh, while we're on earth in part, but when we are with God in heaven, after our earthly lives are over, God's glory and our joy will be so much more complete and so much more than what it is on earth. But along our journey through life, we get distracted sometimes, don't we? Yes, there are many things, even good things, that can distract us from glorifying God and from en enjoying Him forever. Now, fasting and other spiritual disciplines help us see clearly past the distractions. I saw this on Facebook a couple days ago. I shared it with my wife. I laughed out loud. If you've read Star Wars or seen the Star Wars movie, you would understand what the Millennium Falcon is. And if you, if you ever drove through snow with your brights on or you're riding in your car and your parent drove with your bright, their brights on, you understand the concept of trying to pretend like you're in the Millennium Falcon. So why I use this is because when we're driving in snow with our brights on, it's hard to see the road, isn't it? Right? We're driving on this road to go to a destination, to go back home or go to a place where we have plans to go to. And when it's snowing like this and you have your brights on, it can be hard to see the road where you're going. There's distractions. In the same way, we are all, all on a path, a road that ends when our life ends. And our main purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We were created to be with God. So our designed home is to be with heaven, with Him in heaven. There's some times where we get distracted, where we're driving with our brights on in the snow, we don't see the road. It's dangerous. You don't know where you're supposed to turn. You can't see the turn signs. You can't see where the road's going. You might end up in a ditch. You might hit some oncoming car. You might um, skid. You might hit a patch of ice. There's a lot of danger when you're distracted and driving in snow. You know the easiest solution to driving in snow with your brights on? Well, what's the easiest solution? Jova. Turn your brights off. When you use standard, your standard light, it becomes a lot easier to see while driving in the snow. Does it not? You're not focused on the distraction of the snow coming down. Your lights are more angled at the road, so you know where to go. You know how to get home. You know how to get to your destination. So why is fasting important? Fasting is like taking 
the brights off in a snowstorm and focusing on the road where you're going instead of focusing on the distractions that life can give you. Yes, Avery. And you shut your brights off? You can still see. Yeah. So this is specific for snow. Just This is specific for snow. So in the snow, when you turn your brights off, you're able to see more, and this helps correlate with this idea of why fasting and other spiritual disciplines are important. Because it takes away that distraction, helps you focus on the road where you are intended to go, is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. By fasting, by practicing other spiritual disciplines, but fasting more importantly, it helps us focus on how God wants us to live, and where He wants us to go. That's what we saw in Scripture. The disciples fasted when they wanted direction of where to go next. Who do we promote? Who do we claim to be a leader in a church? And God, where do you want us to go in life? And the same is true for us today. So, we've gone over biblical fasting, what it is. We've also gone over why it's important. And we're going to finish up quickly for uh, what, what are some practical tips for fasting? So pay attention. Hang with me. I'm almost done. So what are some practical tips for fasting? One, don't put yourself in a situation where you're tempted to break your fast. Don't put yourself in a situation where uh, if you're fasting from something, that thing or that food is right in front of you. What was the downfall of the monkeys in the story or in the in the play that we acted out at the beginning? What was their downfall? What went wrong? Joa. So the goal was not to eat the banana, but what was happening the whole time, Devin? Yeah, what what was he doing? He was basically putting the banana as close as he could to the stomach without eating it. By no means was he taking the temptation away, right? He saw it, still desired it, and put it so close that it was in his mouth, and he thought, if I don't eat it, it's still not, it's still not eating. I'm still holding my fast, even though it's in my mouth. That was the downfall of the monkeys in the story that we read earlier, that um, they were not a group of people who put away the thing that they were trying to fast from. For example... If you're fasting from sugary foods or sweets, I don't think it'd be the wisest idea to go into a candy shop, right? To, to go study. If you have a homework assignment and you're trying to stay away from sweets, you go into Mori's, downtown Eureka, it's probably not going to set you up well to keep your fast from sweets or sugar, right? Or what about this? Social media. Let's say you're wanting to take a social media fast. You're recognizing, hey, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, is too much of a distraction for me enjoying God and glorifying forever, so I'm going to take a social media fast. But you don't do anything to help you resist the temptation like on your phone. You know you can delete the app and not delete your account? Like, mind-blowing thought that if you're doing a social media fast, you can just delete the app where it's not an easy access to you. You can keep your account. I'm not saying social media is all bad, but if it's distracting you from glorifying God, enjoying Him forever, it might be something to consider. Yes, Avery. Cool. 
I'm glad they're talking about it. You should discuss that in your small group. Yeah. So that would be some that would be step number one. Don't put yourself in a situation where you are tempted to break a fast. Tip number two, make a specific fast for a specific time for a specific reason. So this means you need to name something. You need to recognize what is distracting you from glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. What's distracting you from growing in faith and growing in your relationship with God. You need to name it. To say, I'm going to fast from this thing. Um, I'm going to do it for this long. And, and instead of doing what I'm fasting from, I'm going to do something else. So, for example, personal story. Personal story time with Kent. So, about a little over three years ago, I was in a situation where I needed direction. So, what we read about in the New Testament where people fasted to seek where God wanted them to go, I was in that position. I was living in Hammond, Indiana, which is northwest Indiana by Chicago. I had just graduated school. I just graduated college, and I was given an option. Listen, I was given an option to stay at the church that I was working for, or I was given the option to come here, to work here. And I needed God to show me where he wanted me to go. Obviously, I ended up here for the last three, going on four years. But in that time, I knew what I needed to fast, why I needed to fast. I couldn't discern where God wanted me. There was distractions going on. So I decided to do a food fast for 24 hours. And then I decided that instead of eating during the mealtimes, I would set time aside praying and reading scripture and asking God to give me a direction of where he wanted me to go after college. So we fasted, and I felt like God was leading me back here to where I have been for the last three years. So that's an example. I knew why I needed to fast. I wanted direction, so I was going to fast from food because that was a distraction in my life at that time. I was eating very unhealthy. And I knew how long I wanted to. It was 24 hours. And then instead of that, I was going to, instead of eating, I was going to pray and read during that time. So that's what it looks like to make a specific fast for a specific time, for a specific reason, and then to know what you're going to do instead of what you're fasting from. The third practical tip for fasting is to have accountability. You need someone in your life to share with. Share with one person that you're fasting from something. One, so that they, they can encourage you. Two, so that they can keep you accountable, that you're actually fulfilling the fast that you said you would. So for me, when I was fasting to decide where I wanted or where God was directing me to work post-college, Amber was a person that kept me accountable. We actually fasted together for 24 hours to, de to decide you know, where God was leading us as a couple. And so it was encouraging to have someone do it along with me, but also to keep me accountable to see how I was doing, to see if I was actually spending time with God during those times where I normally would be eating. So if this is something that you realize you need to do to, to glorify God more, to enjoy Him forever more, you need to have accountability. You need to have one friend to share with um, that 
what you're fasting from so they can help you, they can encourage you, and that they can keep you accountable. Now, one final note before we close, because I'm about done, so pay attention. I got like two minutes left. Fasting is usually coupled with prayer. Because when we fast, we are, uh, our focus is to be relational with God. And prayer, what we learned last week, if you were here last week, is a relational act that we can do in order to talk with God, in order to listen to God. So fasting is always usually coupled with prayer. So if you're going to go fast something, whether it's food or an activity or social media or whatever, prayer is also coupled with that, that that is something that you do instead of whatever you're fasting from. Now, tonight, I want to pray, but before I close this in prayer, I want to pray for a specific person. Listen up. Tonight, I want to pray for Mr. Hantak. Tonight, for those who don't know, you told your small group last week, tonight is Mr. Hantak's last night as a hype leader, full-time hype leader. Um, he is moving. Him and his wife are moving. As a unit, they're moving. Not just him. Um, <laughs> they're moving uh, to Market Heights, which is a town by Pekin. Um, he's still going to be teaching at Eureka, but uh, w during this moving season, at least, um, he will not be able to be with us. Um, and so he is stepping down from a regular hype leader position. And so whenever we have someone that steps down, we want to send them off in a way that glorifies God and helps that person grow closer. So we're going we're gonna to pray for Mr. Hantak. Okay? So if you would, close your eyes. Bow your head. Let's pray for Mr. Hantak. God, I just want to thank you tonight for all the students who are here. God, thank you that you are teaching us, you are molding us. God, I want to pray for specifically Mr. Hantak. Thank you for sending him here to hype for him, serving here the last six years, pouring out his heart, his soul, his time, his energy for these students. God, I just pray as tonight is his last night, God, that and even though we may be losing him as, as, as a leader, God, you are pushing him to serve somewhere else. That someone else is going to benefit from his service to you. God, we want to send Mr. Hantak out. God, we want to ask for your protection on his life, his marriage. God, we want to pray that he would be focused solely on you and his work and his marriage and his life and whoever he ministers to after this. God, we thank you for the time that we have had with Mr. Hantak over the last several years. I've been blessed by his friendship. God, I know that we all have been blessed by his leadership here at Hype Student Ministries. God, we love you. We serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.